It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Glad you are joining me this Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. I appreciate that. If you ever miss the show, we do have a YouTube channel. It's WNSB YouTube channel. Or uh, we have an app. You can listen on the app. So there are many ways that you can connect with the show. So don't ever worry about missing a show. But if you can listen to us in real time, we always appreciate that as well. Serious things happened here in Hampton Roads a few weeks ago, and we need to talk about it because we need to get ourselves straight. Of course, I'm talking about the case that took place in Newport News. A six-year-old child went into a classroom, pulled out a gun, and shot it. I am of age. I would not know how to shoot a gun. To that end, I said, I've got to get some teachers in here, some people that are in education that know what they're talking about, that know what they're saying, that we can talk about this and we can talk about it with some clarity and hopefully come up with some solutions. To that end, I have on the line with me Mr. Tyrone Weems. He is an educator. Some might say he's an educator's educator, okay? But he has been in and throughout the school system his entire life. Like I said, right now, a public school educator. And he is going to attempt to help help us with this today. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to give the listening audience some background, we would love to hear where you went to school, HBCU, and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, as Cheryl said, my name is Tyrone Weems. I'm originally from Daytona Beach, Florida. I hail from the wonderful HBCU Morris Brown College. Uh, I was a drum major for many years there, Purple nice. Haze all the way. <laughs> nice. Um, from there, I um, traveled to Japan, traveled around. I really liked traveling, came back to the U.S., uh, ended up in California. <clears throat> Uh, I went to Cal State East Bay for my multi-subject K-6 teaching credential. Uh, I've always been into education and wanting to educate. Um, I wasn't really sure kind of how I would do it. So the path took me to go back to school to get this uh, degree so that I could do it with the degree and the letters and all that other good stuff. So that way people kind of would listen to me more because now I could say I've put the work in uh, so (laughs) More, more ears will perk up when I'm talking. That's um, so um, it is. So I taught from uh, Atlanta when I was there. I did some student teaching. I did preschool and elementary and after school program in California. I worked at a high school called Youth Chance in San Francisco. I worked at a alternative high school in Central Florida in Ocala, Florida worked at the Sheriff's County Jail there also in Central Florida uh, and ended up in California and worked at um, West Contra Costa Unified School District there in Richmond, which I absolutely positively love. Uh, and now I'm here in Norfolk. So I am, I love what I do. Uh, I love being a teacher. Uh, I don't love having to fight so hard for logical pay logical requests, things like that. But I absolutely positively love what I do. Did you always know that you were going to be a teacher? Was that always in your blood? So I think it was. I don't know if it was being a teacher or if it was just working within teaching 
kids, people, adults, things like that. Um, I think this kind of um, happened kind of organically. Um, I always like to teach. I always like being around kids. Um, part of the reason why I did so much traveling is because I wanted to have these experiences to impart onto other people, younger people. So I think it was kind of always in my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't come from a family of teachers. Uh, my Aunt Patricia was a teacher's aide. I, my 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 uncle Billy got his admin credential from Bethune Cookman College. I do remember the years he was in college for that because he's at our house in Daytona. Uh, I do have another aunt who was also an administrator. So I don't come from a long line of teachers, mm-hmm. um, but it was something that I just felt really comfortable doing. I really loved doing it. I also felt it was kind of pretty easy. Um, and it just, it just kind of all clicked for me. So once I kind of started on that path, it just, that was the light at the end of the rainbow, along with other things. I'm also a musician. Um, I recently, also a writer, I recently published a poetry book called Obtainable, which you can find everywhere books are sold. Um, and I'm also working on another uh, music rap album as well, uh, which is in the works. All right, let's get to this case in Newport News. Again, it it became a nationwide story, of course, shocking yeah. as it is. Six-year-old pulls out a gun and shoots his teacher, authorities are saying, intentionally. And I'm thinking to myself, a six-year-old, do can they be intentional about things? And then I'm you know, wondering, I'm, go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I was of the of the same mindset as you is. I don't even think I would know how to pull the trigger of a gun at the age of six. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, I, I also, before the news came out, my first thought was, I'll, I'll, I, I'm almost certain that this would be a legal gun, not an illegal gun. Okay. Which changes the narrative, right? Because we're constantly talking about doing something about guns and how quickly it's how quickly people can get them. Mm-hmm. We're talking about school shootings. You know, these things have affected me ever since Sandy Hook. Uh, as a teacher, uh, these things really press upon my heart um, to hear teachers being in these situations where they're relying on their training and their protecting the children. They're not even letting the cops in because they're thinking, well, if you're the police and you're trying to get in, you have the authority to go find the key. That's the only way. I mean, they're constantly, constantly getting in there. And to hear that this teacher was still the last one out of that room after this incident happened, Mm -hmm. it's remarkable. And I don't think people give teachers anywhere near enough credit for protecting and educating and keeping the system moving forward. As I say about teachers, my mother was a teacher for 32 years. As I say about teachers, you have all these different children and this one, you know, they came into school happy because, you know, they had came from a happy home and mom and dad are kissing before they walk out the door or whatever. Right. And this one over here didn't have any breakfast. And this one over here got screamed at all night long. And you put all of these different personalities and people in a classroom, you don't know what's going on in their life, and you import knowledge into them, no matter what state they come to your classroom in, is in, your teachers are chosen people. I, I'm here to say that. Right. I will say I, that forever. I, I agree with you, but I mean, we can we can expand the field. Uh, you have kids from Yemen. Uh, you have kids from Pakistan. You have kids from South America. You have kids from Africa they're coming in with a total different set of understanding and knowledge when it comes to educators. 
and that even makes it even an even broader audience of kids in the classroom. And what do you say when so when you heard the case of the six year old shooting his teacher, if you were in charge, what would be the first thing you would do? Uh, not a good response. Okay, I would kind of have to throw up my arms. What mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we. But have that's real. Dealt with, that's human. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we've dealt with teens doing it, and they know the consequences of their actions. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, even middle schoolers getting their <clears throat> parents' gun, uh, knowing what they're doing, whether they have some form of a mental illness or not. Um, I think having that mental illness is, is a reason why certain people should not have guns around their children if they have a child in this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you kind of, I'm flabbergasted, I'm be totally honest, Cheryl, I'm flabbergasted because what do you teach a six-year-old who probably might not get the full ramifications of what happened? Now, again, <clears throat> I don't know the state of this young person. I don't know what they've been taught at home. I don't know what their parents are showing them. I don't know what reality shows or social media things are on because all of that plays a part into this person's mindset, right? And why they would go and do such a thing. But I know taking a gun to school is a mental action. It's purposeful. Mm-hmm. Even Someone for a six-year-old? To, who's even not... for a six-year-old. Okay, all right. Now, even, I, I would say even for a six-year-old because... <clears throat> I think a lot of children are overexposed to violence to where even a six-year-old, and again, I don't know the family situation, but even a six-year-old has some idea of what is good and what is bad. Because I know six-year-olds are being taught in school what's good and what's bad, how to share, how to talk, how to communicate, how to walk in a line, how to help someone, how to put your tray up and take care of your, they're, they're taught these things. So there is some purposeful action, but I also believe that the child is six. How there's something that they're not 100% getting. The child is only six. They ha- they haven't lived long enough to truly get those actions. So then the question comes up: What is the mental state of the child? What is the mental state of the parents? And yes, the parents are viable and responsible for this because. You know, one of the things I tell parents daily is to check your kid's backpack, not for guns, but check your kid's backpack for homework and missing assignments and how to stay up with what's going on and papers coming from school. This is should be a daily occurrence, completely daily occurrence, which doesn't doesn't happen in, in a lot of cases, may not even happen once a month. We have to, we adults, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, We have to start putting down our phones. We have to start turning the television off, especially the raunchiest shows we have on, and we'll say, oh, they don't know what's going on. No, Mm -hmm. junk in, junk out. You can't have them around Mm -hmm. this. And when you hear about a six-year-old, everybody started saying, well, the parent, the parents, the parents, the parents. First of all, I haven't heard anything about a father. The other thing is, suppose the parents were raised in the same kind of environment that the six-year-old is now exhibiting. Suppose it's a generational thing. 
yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. And, and I've said this for years and I've said this during COVID. We are sending children home with computers during COVID to parents who may not have any idea how to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think COVID opened the eyes of a lot of parents because they realized exactly how much teachers are getting through in yes. a day. Yes. I mean, I I remember watching, I can't remember the show, but it was a cooking show on you know, one of the stations and even this wealthy parent, big house, making money on TV. She said, Oh, we just got so inundated with the work. We just cut the computer off and started cooking and doing stuff. So here here I am thinking if you who can afford tutors and can afford groups and these pod classes that popped up during COVID where you would have, you know, a, a person come and take, you know, four or five families and take their kids together and make sure they're getting their work while the parents can work from home. These things were popping up. If you can have someone who can afford to do that, and even she is inundated with, well, I, I just can't do what the teachers are doing, I, that should have pressed upon the importance of education. And I, I, I think on some levels it did. But I am just not yeah, on ahead, enough levels? Not, not, nowhere near on enough levels. No, nowhere near. Definitely not to our elected officials. You know, our elected officials are still thinking, you know, we should have the right to work instead of paying a living wage. You know, I've, I've heard, it's unfortunate, I've heard Republicans say things like, you know, you should be happy to have the job and the benefits. No, I, I went to school to get this job. That, that's what I set out for. Like, you didn't give me anything. I, I earned everything Correct. That I have. Yes. You know, you have teachers who are, like me, have multi-interests and still growing up and still trying to achieve more dreams while enjoying teaching younger kids and exposing them to things. But you, we, we have these elected officials who just want to continue to beat and beat and beat down educators. And then you had a bunch of educators leave, very similar to what happened to our frontline workers. Mm-hmm. No one could, no one wants to work in these jobs. Teachers are, have been fed up with what they've been put up with. So now you see salaries increasing in certain areas, not all salaries increasing, but they still can't get people because what should have happened 20 years ago is now happening and people think, well, everything is good now, but it's not because people are tired. Mm-hmm. They're tired of being beat Weary. down. They're tired yeah. of being told you're not done enough. Teachers are tired of being, you know, well, we'll give you a 3% raise. Well, we'll do this. We can't do, no, you, te- teachers are tired. Yes, we love teaching and yes, we're here, but educators, that's nurses, speech pathologists, that's everybody that's on that front line of school to make it work. They have families. We have families. And we want to take care of our families as well. And so what advice do you have? First off, can you spot, with all the experience that you have, can you spot troubled children within your classroom? I don't know if I would say to the degree that this young man was troubled, but can you spot the troubled children right right away? And if so, how, how can you spot them? What are the warning signs? So... Can you spot a troubled kid? I think that's a difficult question. I think you can, I think educators are kind of, we're trained to spot kids who are feeling lonely, who may be feeling sad, feel left out, feel like they need some more attention or they need to have someone who's a a, a good spirited kid befriend them. Those are things that we can deal with. When it comes to spotting a troubled kid, those are the things that kind of take time. Like I wouldn't know if a child is going through something difficult at home 
until maybe weeks down the line, or maybe another teacher is extremely comfortable and friendly with the family that they talk. And so he or she could impart some information on me. Mm-hmm. But when we do spot these things, we kind of move quickly. You know, I'm, I'm always asking our school counselor, okay, what services can we get them? If it's food, you know, how can we get food from the food bank? Uh, if it's tutoring, how can we help with tutoring? Uh, one of the things that I like to do is summertime reading. I, I place a big emphasis on reading at home and practicing short amount of times. So going to the library, the library has so many resources. It's free Wi-Fi, it's computers, it's games, you name it. I always send people towards the library. But getting them to to identify that particular thing, it's kind of difficult. We can see the loners. We can identify that. And we mm-hmm. can communicate and talk to them. And hopefully we can get some way to open up to what's bothering them. But Again, a lot of kids are taught, don't go home and don't go in public and tell my business. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And this is in and, the middle of you trying to teach reading, writing, and arithmetic right, as well, right? right. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and what ends up happening is all too often things hit the fan and then we find out. And so we're in reaction mode instead of let's, let's be proactive to the situation. It's hard. And I don't understand why parents I think it has to come from the parents I think it has to come from the community I don't know why we don't demand better for our children our teachers our guidance counselors our coaches our school nurses our principals because Virginia has a surplus I think the governor said the other day we have a surplus of 1.9 billion dollars I said surplus surplus so I don't understand why our children have to go to schools that are infested with whatever mold, animal droppings. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why they don't have air conditioning. I don't understand why they don't have what executives have when they go to their jobs. They would not sit in a school without air conditioning. They would not sit in an office with infestations of any Mm -hmm. kind, but we expect that our children whom we're supposed to be taking Mm -hmm. care of, we expect that it's okay for them and teachers and everybody else in the school setting. Why don't we demand who does, who has to put their foot down to say to the legislators of Virginia, you have 1.9 billion with a B billion dollars in surplus. It needs a huge chunk. If not all needs to go to education. Right. I, I listen, I, I think that the big chunk of that going towards educators salaries going towards building maintenance, going towards counseling, mental health for young kids and adults as well, let's be clear, uh, going towards community centers, opening up these community centers for everybody in the community to go. It's not a paid program. It's We're going to go and have all of these different sporting activities and events. And, you know, there's Wi-Fi and there's there, there are community center coordinators there who are open. They have access to these things that we those are the things that we need. You're a hundred percent right. Well, who do we need to speak with? Well, we need to speak to our elected officials. And of course our elected officials are under the notion that mm, teachers are good. School is fine. Mm. You know, many of our elected officials are thinking that we don't want to pay them X amount of money. We want to put the money towards say textbooks or, or, or say a new program. And, and don't get me wrong. 
Are they doing well, I think, t- me personally, I think textbooks are completely obsolete. We don't really need an actual textbook. And I think a lot of schools have kind of moved away from textbooks and moved to workbooks and different manipulatives and things like that. But, and, and some of that does happen. I just think that, I, I think that as a whole, we have to band together. And, and, and in banding together, creates a united front and as a as a red state that is not what they want they don't want a united front and when you say we so that means okay so we're gonna have the teachers and we're gonna have everybody involved with schools but i think that also means that we need to have the joe blows in the community whether we have children or not whether we have children to go to public schools or not we need to all Get together and say to these legislators, unless you allocate this money for our schools, for our children, you will not be reelected. I think that's the only right. thing they understand. You're, 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 you are 100 percent right. And first and foremost, hands down, our, our parents need the assistance. And I, I know as a parent, as a son of a single parent and there, you know, my mother had four boys. She worked multiple jobs. She worked all the time and, and she made education very, very, she put education at the top. Mm-hmm. All of her boys graduated high school. Mm. Uh, two of us graduated college. Three mm. of us went to college. One is a young minister. One is a minister. So the, 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 she impressed on us how important education was. <clears throat> and it was, so that's what's needed. How do we get the parent who's had a very difficult time in their educational career and may have not as been successful as they want it to be, how do we get them to buy in to what's going on with their 7, 10, 11, 15, 16-year-old? I think we have to push the fact that our goal is to make our kids better than we are. And that's something that my mom pushed. So, But isn't it within us innately to do that? I mean, uh, I think that at one point it was, I do not think it's, it is within us now. I do not think people consciously think I have to make my child better than I was, because here's the thing. If I grew up in the projects, mm-hmm. I grew up on welfare, food right. stamps, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. I knew hands down, I was never going to put myself or even my two children in this predicament again. That's not what I wanted. So I consciously made the effort, but I was assisted by my mom constantly telling me, you got to be better. You got to do better. You got to do better. So I was, that resonated with me. I don't know if that is being said or being done, nor do I, and I don't know if that resonates because I, as you were saying in the beginning, we do have to turn the TV off from the ratchety ratchet, but we have to turn the TV on to the education. We do have to put the phone down from the social media and this and that, but we do have to pick it up when it comes to academic videos. You know, I showed my, mm-hmm. I showed my class the TikTok, I think it was maybe a CBS special about what TikTok looks like in China. Oh, yes, yes. Versus what TikTok looks like here. And they clearly already figured out, and again, they're a communist country, so they have certain things that we just can't do. And we have the, in America, we, have, we love, we have the right 
to do whatever it is we want to do. And as long as it doesn't infringe, and even if it does infringe, we'll go to court and sue and see if we can get out of it. Sure. But <clears throat> we have to use that technology as a resource. So if you have a child who is struggling, let's say with fractions, and you pay your child's phone bill, if your child tells you, I don't know what to do, your child is lying to you. If your child tells you, I, I don't know how to do that, mm -hmm. you are not listening and being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. accepting that answer. Mm -hmm. Because all it takes is, Siri, find me a video on adding fractions for fifth graders. Siri, find me a video on how to comprehend a story. Like, those are the simple things that our technology has was created to do, which is help us. Mm -hmm. But our technology is such a tool for enjoyment that it even becomes a crutch. You know, even I spend time on social media doing aimlessly doing nothing. And then I catch myself and I go, Oh, wait a minute, I got to change. But so you we catch have to yourself take that. because you have the foundation. So for right. those people, and this goes for watching ratchet TV or whatever, whatever, it's fine <laughs> for people that have the foundation. They're looking at right. it saying, Oh, this is mindless. I have the foundation, you know, this is mindless for me. This is just, you know, to get my mind off of whatever, whatever. But right. for people that don't have that foundation, right. they are looking at the foolishness on TV and this right. is real world to them. Right, right, right. Listen, I, listen, having a, I've, I've said this for years, having a parental advisory sticker <laughs> is, is great for people who understand what it is. But for other people, it means, oh, turn it up louder. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Right? Yes. So you can, you can have all the parental advisory stickers as you want, but we have to, again, one of the things that I feel very strongly about is we have to get parent buy-in. We have to get them to realize that taking a parenting class isn't a necessity. It should be the law. It should be exactly what happens because it's only going to bring positive change and benefits to not just your household, but also to the community. And unfortunately, we have a system where if we make something like that possible, people yell about it as you're forcing me to do something. It's like the mask mandate. The mask mandate was a solid, intelligent thing to do. It decreased the number of people getting the flu. That was the first thing it did. It decreased the number of people getting COVID. However, people felt well, you're not going to make me wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask. You know, the, the same people that were saying, you know, let's, let's not, let's, let's outlaw abortions. They were turning around saying my body, my choice. I don't have to wear a mask if I don't want to, I can get mm -hmm. COVID if I want to. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's these types of things. So how do we get our parents to buy in to this system? Well, I, I think that we have to have someone to lead the parents into the system and we have to have, that carrot or, or that thing that brings them into education. And a big thing, and I don't know if, if uh, how well, how widely spread known this is, we have a lot of grandparents raising their grandchildren. Correct. We have a lot of that. And, and I heard, I think I heard, maybe it was D.L. Hughley who said it. He said, you know, if you spoil your children, you will raise your mm -hmm. grandchildren, mm -hmm. right? So you want to spoil your grandchildren so that the parents will raise them because you did your job right. Let, let the parents make it difficult. Like you can spoil but them. But here's the problem and we're running out of time. But the problem is that 
when we get the riches or what we think are the riches, we say, oh, I want better for my child. We mean it well, but we don't understand what wealthy people understand, which is the reason why their wealthy children still have to right. go to work, is that you right. just don't give. You still make them work, even though right. you are wealthier than what your parents and you have more than your parents and you want to leave more for your children. Right. You still have to put that work component in you, there. You, listen, you have to put that work component in there, just like there should be a homework schedule. There should be a chore schedule in every parent. Every parent who's living in government housing, assistant living, you whatever, you're getting any type of government assistance. Every parent should have a chore schedule. Who's going to clean the dishes? Who's going to mop That's the floor? Who's That's gonna, it. All of these things need to be part of the parenting lifestyle, right? We have, I think we have, we have parents who know how to provide because they clothes, a place, Correct. a house to live right. in. They provide, but oftentimes parenting is missed. We love you, so, parents. We're running out of time. Tyrone yeah, we do love Wings. you, parents. Absolutely. We, yeah, we love you. We're here for you. Tyrone, please, before we get out of here, just give uh, people the way they can get to you on any socials or whatever. Yes, you can hit me up at uh, Comic Book Hit List. That's on IG. Uh, you can also find my book, Obtainable, which is a, a wonderful poetry book. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Second and Charles, pretty much everywhere uh, books are sold. Uh, and you can connect with me uh, on Facebook at Cool Tie at Facebook um, and hope you buy a book. Let's continue the conversation. DM me, PM me, and I will respond back to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking care of our children. Look, I want to thank everybody that listened to the program today. I just don't know where I would be without you. I'm telling you, Rufus and Florine, we had chores. We had to read books. We had to do book reports. And it's four of us, and we turned out okay. So you all get in there. Make them do what they have to do. I tell you what, we will do this all over again next Sunday. A new guest. Thank you so very much. You all take care. And as always, behold the green and gold.